0: It's wonderful to have a fantastic idea, but unless you break it into the small and measurable milestones, things are not going to happen, right? Um, so, identifying next three, four, five milestones and and the metrics, right? Because at the end of the day, what's a milestone, right? Uh, a milestone is something being accomplished for for some purpose, right? And it, it's something that will keep your business moving forward. I, in fact. It's
1: you missed part one please go back and hear about his new book wall street journal bestseller fearless innovation and the case studies we've been talking about TripAdvisor and bloomberg philanthropies and some of these things but alex you know where i really want to jump in is this idea of the human relationship aspect of innovation and entrepreneurship and and this idea of it being a team sport you know it's something that people talk about a lot and you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody in a startup who doesn't think you know cooperating and people skills and thinking like a team? You know, nobody would say, "Oh, those are bad ideas," and yet so many of us maybe haven't achieved a level of mastery at that that we probably should. Any thoughts about that disconnect? Uh,
0: yeah, I think that disconnect comes in from look. A lot of people confuse the invention with uh, with innovation, among many things, right? And when we think about invention. Of course, invention can occur. There can be a lonely inventor. In fact, if I look at probably most patents, a lot of them is a result of a a solo work, right? But when you think about commercializing those patents, and mind you, over 90% of the patents in the U.S. are not commercialized, right? It takes a team, and it it takes that effort to to get to a new level. And I think the most important thing is once you realize that you – you know, you do need people to to make this idea a success. I think it's important to shift the mindset from convincing people that their idea, that your idea is great, to actually listening to them about how it's possible to make our idea better.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm interested if you, if you have any stories, whether from the book or, or just from your career. I'm thinking... You know, so many organizations, they have the kind of one, the one visionary, you know, the, the pure entrepreneur that can come up with a million ideas a minute, but, you know, would be really terrible at sitting at the desk every day at 9 a.m. to implement it. Right. And they so they often end up with some other people on the team who can kind of clean up the mess and actually be the adult supervision. Right. Like at my, at my company, that's my brother. <laughs> right. We cover such different ends of the spectrum to the point that we annoy each other because I want to talk about stuff 15 years out and he wants to talk about stuff 15 minutes out, right? Any thoughts about, like, I know you've covered how diversity and different opinions and different backgrounds can be such an advantage because that's where you're going to get the new ideas from. Any ideas about how to get them to get along once you have gathered diversity?
0: Well, I think, yeah, going back to your earlier question about Alex, what advice to, you know, you'd give yourself many years ago, right? It goes back to you know how do you value and appreciate. it goes back to how do you develop your EQ right and uh, I th- I really be- believe that it 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 really begins with respect and and the and the art of listening right because I think people are um, not going to argue that communication is important but somehow they think about the fact that communication is speaking and sharing your opinion. Well, communication is, is indeed about listening as well. And, you know, the old expression goes back to the fact that God gave us two ears and only one mouth, right? But I think it's really listening and respect. It's, it's that culture. And I mean, you talked about 15 minutes and 15 years, both are equally important, right? And, and I think driving that understanding is, is essential.
1: Yeah. You know, my brother, he's like, basically my best friend in the world. One of the most intelligent people I've ever met, you know? And I think where it comes down to is like, I'm saying things like, you know, there's that German proverb, why run fast if you don't know if you're on the right road? Like, I really want to define the definition. So I know we're rowing in the right direction. Right. And he's like, for him, I think it's like, there's not going to be any right direction. If we don't nail this next thing, we'll be out of business, you know? And So, you know, I think this—tell me if I'm getting this quote right. Something about uh, vision without execution is hallucination. Is that an Edison quote that's in your book? Am I quoting that right?
0: Yes, I think that's Einstein, if I'm not mistaken. But but going back to what you just shared, it's interesting, right? Because when we think about the world of innovation, I mean, the typical gospel says that, look, you have to have a horizon one, horizon two, and horizon three, Right. And I think what you've shared with your brother, he's clearly on the horizon one, right? The immediate needs. Mm. And you're on a horizon three, which is the the, the, the far future. So I think there might be a solution of uh, getting somebody who will focus on horizon 2. Right? <laughs> then will yeah. have the, the then it'll balance out. And <laughs> the other thing I'm not going to go into doing business with members of the family so I'll just <laughs> yeah. um,
1: I, I I avoid I, I tell most people to avoid it. It's worked out amazing with my brother but for most people I recommend against it but go on.
0: Yeah, I, no, no, no. I was going to ask you about that, but but yes, I think it's I think it's look, I think focusing on Horizon Two would kind of would balance it out. So yeah,
1: yeah. In our case, his name's John, and he's incredible. He's like the tiebreaker, where he can kind of speak both of our languages. And very oftentimes, I'm talking to John, then John talks to Nick, Nick talks to John, John talks back to me, which is funny because we've done business together for like. I think we've been doing stuff together for I want to say 16 years now the three of us and we've we've kind of that's worked for us but at certain times I do think man I have been impatient and and I probably have over to my own way first and my ears probably haven't been big enough to hear him you know.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think look, uh, I think small measurable milestones. I'm a firm believer in that. And and when you think about the vision and the and, and the projects, right? At the end of the day, the funding usually comes in at the at the milestone level. And so my advice to others has always been focused on the things where you see the milestones. And the milestones might change, right? And and as you go for those milestones, I some other things will take shape. So it's, I mean. Yes, milestones are important, but milestones without a vision doesn't make any sense either. So so execution without a vision is, is nonsense too.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I was interested to see, you know, I've got these kind of these different areas that I, I love to dive deep into, and I don't always see them cross as much. But your your case study here on Lego and talking about you know how it would have been easy to kind of keep their head in the stand, keep their head in the sand and ignore what was changing in the toy business for them. It really crosses over into a lot that's been said about them in the content marketing world, and kind of you know the way uh, a lot of marketing folks are seeing the future. And it, so it was interesting for me to, for you to describe it from an innovation lens. For people who don't know, can you kind of set the stage a little bit about? what had happened to lego as video games were getting more popular and that kind of stuff
0: yeah well when i when when we think about lego right it's just it's just an incredible example of how i mean a relatively small and and established company has uh, experimented in so many different ways right and when we think about the the bridge between physical and virtual right something that we talk about every day now lego manifests in in both right they have a they have a significantly diversified, or over years they have a significantly diversified their business, right? From movies to games to to Lego sets to robotics, they, to theme parks, right? They were able to always stay connected with you know with kids and parents by launching by launching products in different spaces, and and that took a lot of risk. And and they took that risk and and they were very successful with it, right? If I think about my family and right now with kids at home, you know, a lot of our time and and money um, is going is going to Legos, right? And uh, by the way, one of the things that I've learned is they actually have a toolkit for innovation that allows people to kind of brainstorm and and leverage Legos for for brainstorming as well. So. It's just an incredible example of a of a company that is that what we would call legacy, but we would not perceive it as legacy in any way or form. It's a, it's a very modern and a very successful company, and at the end of the day, it it has uh, physical things and has virtual things, and they magically work together.
1: You know, I think for me that goes back to your original saying about you know that advice of don't don't be don't get comfortable, don't stay comfortable. You know. I think about these founders, these entrepreneurs who already have a big business, but they, they really want to take it to that next level. And and yet there is that fear of, I worked so hard to get to this level. I don't, I don't want to risk it, right? And something you said there about, uh, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but what I heard is making small bets, you know, making survivable experiments, right? They didn't go bet the whole Lego future on one big idea, that they were trying these things and then doubling down on what works instead of, you know, instead of doing some one big risk. Is that, is that fair? How would you say it different?
0: Yeah. I mean, again, it's about small measurable milestones, right? It's wonderful to have, to have a fantastic idea, but unless you break it into the small and measurable milestones, things are not going to happen. Right. Um, So identifying next three, four, five milestones and, and the metrics, right. Because at the end of the day, what's a milestone, right. A uh, milestone is something being accomplished for for some purpose, right? And uh, it is something that will keep your business moving forward. I, in fact, it's—I honestly think it's the only way to go.
1: Yeah. So you know there, you know there haven't been a lot of other folks in the toy space who have created significant revenues from from you know major motion pictures with A-list to actors in them, right? And yet that is, Mm -hmm. you know, that is a, you know, hundred million dollar movies. I mean, this is no joke, right? When you think about this idea of how to help some organization that is maybe coming to the conclusion, we're a bit too comfortable. And they're thinking, okay, what do we do about this? And it's like, well, everybody already has a day job. I don't know that we have a bunch of extra time and extra money to go run these experiments and do these things. and. You know they're thinking of all the obstacles to to getting out there and and you know trying some measurable experiments what kind of best practices what kind of ideas do you recommend as far as running contests or setting up you know their own little skunkworks side business or hiring someone else for that instead of stealing someone from this job or what what do you what do you recommend
0: well i think it's a great question right and we and we talk about at the end of the day it's about being too comfortable or too busy right and so it sounds from your question that a lot of it is a, a setting up a business case for it. Does it is this really a priority? And when I think about that, I think the ultimate business case that any business owner should ask is what is the cost of not doing it? And what mm-hmm. will happen if I if I don't take any action? And and I think after like some soul searching, the the response would be, well, most likely we will Become irrelevant over time and go out of business, right? So I think the case the case for re- the constantly reinventing yourself is is essential, right? How to do that is a different question. You know, my advice is, is is the critical thing is to get all of your employees involved, right? It's not really about hiring, you know, a special person for it or Hiring or, or a cool and, you know somewhere in the hip corner of the office with kombucha on top, right? It's about <laughs> um, ensuring that those ideas come from your um, from your employees or business partners. In, in the beginning of, of this podcast, we talked about the fact that you know that great ideas can come from from anywhere, right We talked about inclusion and diversity. We, we talked about breaking silos. And I think everyone will agree with you, you don't need to have silos. Right. So the best way to put that on to the test and the best, best way to get everybody involved in the process is by actually asking people what their thoughts are and asking everyone to contribute, not just engineers or marketing people or operations people, but really driving that as a cross-functional effort, no matter if your company's 15 people or 50,000.
1: Yeah. When you have employees who, you know, maybe they're in a bit of rut in a bit of a rut of, yeah, but this is what we do. And this is what I got hired to do. You know, why do, why do we have to spend time on this innovation stuff? Like, you know, that, that all seems crazy. Shouldn't we just stick to what works? Any thoughts about helping them become more, more open-minded?
0: Great question. To be honest, I haven't met employees like that uh, or, or rather, or let me put it differently. I haven't met individual contributors like that. I've met a lot of managers And they do this out of goodness of their heart because at the end of the day, they want to protect their teams and they want to make sure that they deliver on their KPIs. So when I think about how do you change that, it really, I think ultimately, I hate to tell you this, but it goes back to to metrics, right? Because what gets measured typically gets improved, right? Or there's a focus on it. So at the end of the day, I think in, in... in any line of business that that you're in or any department i think getting teams measured on innovation is essential and that could be whatever new ideas or new revenue that comes from new ideas <clears throat> whatever that is but when you tie compensation to it things happen
1: well that is such a great so, point so I
0: maybe mean, maybe if i can add a point i think you said something hey, this is not a part of, you know, my, my job description as a potential response. And my answer would be innovation needs to be a part of everyone's job description, right? And uh, so let's update the job description.
1: <laughs> it's, it's true. You know, what would be interesting is, you know, even if that was symbolic, but the idea of like literally getting your job description typed out and added to, and it's like, hey, from here forward, we're going to need this from you too you know, and like, I could see it being like a formal thing. And, you know, that could actually be really interesting to have to have it not just be like a side comment in the hallway at the water cooler, you know, but (laughs) to literally change a job description.
0: Yeah, and I think so many people will be thrilled about, you know, about that, because when we look at any organizations, we ultimately, we know, what can we do to make things better, right? Or, even more often we know what are the things that we need to stop doing for things to get better, right? Even in our personal lives, whatever Mm. they are, we, we have those ends. And in the work context, when you create a safe space for people to express that magic happens. And often to your point, if it's on a job description, that is indeed is creating a a safe space for people to, to voice their opinion.
1: Yeah. You know, this kind of relates to something you just brought up that I'd love to maybe zero in on for a minute. When people feel too busy, what kind, of, what kind of ideas come to mind for you for folks that they say they want this, but then they look at their actions and they haven't been allocating time to it because they're just too busy running the business? What, what kind of thoughts do you have in a situation like that?
0: You know, my, my, my thought is I, I've been struggling with this all my life, right? I'm the kind of – in fact, I'm I'm talking to you, and I'm staring at the a piece of paper that it's like a fillable form that says this week. And it has Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and a couple of days have several number one priorities. <laughs> and what I've learned many years ago is that if somebody mentioned – like, Alex, if everything is a priority, nothing is a priority – I keep repeating this, uh, but uh, clearly there's room for me to to improve that when if you know the answer or if you 'll hear the answer, please let me know because i 'll use it
1: <laughs> yeah, it's tough, right? This balance, especially if we if we start to get fearful about you know fearful about disappointing customers and losing revenue now you 've been around so many innovators and You've you've seen so much and you've done a number of things from Pfizer and IBM to Napster and Cisco. And when you think about innovating your own future, where where are you going next or what what kind of ideas are on the horizon for you? You
0: know, I think I mean, obviously, right now, I think all of us are thinking uh, about kind of what to do next, because, uh, look, we always knew that the future is unpredictable. But we have the illusion that – or I have the illusion that I can somewhat predict it. It's very clear right now that I can't. <laughs> One of the things that I'm I'm really uh, fascinated about is the fact that we have the – when we talk about the new normal, right, or w- w- go back to normal, right, I think there's so much in that normal that many of us want to change, right, and be that social justice, be that uh, the environment, and Or whatever those opportunities are. I mean, I'm personally just fascinated with the fact that as we kind of stop the activity, you know, globally in in so many cases, in terms of manufacturing or driving or just being polluters, how environment is coming back in so many ways. And you have you know birds and animals and and so many different things. So I think what really excites me is. It's clearly that we can join together and 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 solve solve an issue. So solving those bigger global challenges, be that poverty or or the environmental challenges, I think that's something I'm clearly passionate about, and and I'm and I can clearly see that when people are coming together, amazing things are possible.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm excited to stay in touch and hear, kind of. With the book and you know you getting booked for these speaking gigs now and teaching workshops I'm really interested to see who you connect with and 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 what you do next yeah
0: thank you and I and I think it's to me the the book is a is a is a vehicle to to share what I know but learn from others right so I hope like-minded people and not so like-minded people will reach out and I and I'd love to stay connected with with your audience it's it's a diverse group of people with uh, with amazing thoughts. And, I, and, I, and to your point, when we don't think about competing, but when we think about winning together, things happen. And, and I'd love to stay connected.
1: That's great. Well, everybody, please go get your own copy of Fearless Innovation. And, and Alex, thanks for coming back, coming back on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This is great. Bye, everyone.